0: All right, what is up, podcast world? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having a awesome day, a awesome week, a awesome month. Um, we're getting are we not even getting into the holidays? We're in the thick of it right now, right? Um, how do you guys feel about the holidays? Are you you getting the whole festive vibe? Uh. I like the lights I like the lights around the city I think it provides a different vibrancy you know um I like the change in scenery just in itself I guess um and mind you I'm in a small town so I can only imagine how crazy the scene is in a in a big city um or how radically it changes uh and I I think I like all of us being in you know, feeling a emotion at the same time, like this giving feeling, um, and just this, I guess, festive mood. Um, I could imagine if you don't have a close relationship with your family, it could be uh, a more difficult time uh, or a more difficult part of the year. Um, but that's what friends are for, right? And that's what spouses are for. And, um, You've always got, in this podcast, you've always got me as a friend. That's for fucking sure. So whether it be on social media, whether it be, uh, through email, whatever the fuck. You guys are ever bored, uh, or whatever, just hit me up. I'm here. But I hope you guys are having a kick-ass holiday season. Um, and I hope you're into it. I hope you fuck with it. Because I know it could be annoying as fuck if you don't, just because it's everywhere. Um... This podcast is going to start off on a bit more serious note, and then we'll get into a lot of uh, music news today. So, um, you guys are likely familiar with the name Keaton Jones, Um, and if you're not, he's a young boy, I believe between 7 and 10, somewhere in there, um, that went viral over the past couple of days um because of a video that his mother recorded of him where he was you know just begging the question why do kids bully you know why do they pick on someone that's different and he was just saying that it's not okay it's not okay to act that way towards someone and um he was visibly hurt but he knew that it would be okay and um. And I just wanted to touch on this because Keaton is very intelligent, uh, brave, clearly, and so well thought out. But yet, social media is taking this, and the stories turned into Keaton's parents. And what they stand for and their practices. And um, I think that's some bullshit. I think all I know is what I see. And I know that when I see that video and I see Keaton Jones, I see a strong young man that is brave as fuck. And intelligent and so reasonable minded to be able to break down This, this bullshit that, you know, when kids bully and when you're being bullied in specific, for him to take that and see it for what it is and question it instead of, you know, what the average, what seven to 10 year old reaction would be or what the average seven to 10 year old would do you know, to think like I'm going to go kick their ass or, you know, I'm going to go fuck them up. No, instead he sits there and he's thinking very reasonably and that's an insane show of intelligence to me an ins- and an insane show of bravery um, just in him speaking out towards the bullies the way that he did. And so for people to take this and to take Keaton's story and to trivialize it And to turn it into uh, his parents, you know, there's been photos of because if you guys are unaware, there have been photos of Keaton with a Confederate flag or he's with some other members of his family. I'm assuming some younger kids and they have, I believe, an American flag on one side and a Confederate flag on the other. Um, Again, all I know is what I see. And fuck, fuck what allegiance Keaton's parents pledge. Fuck what they believe in. I don't give a fuck. They could be Satanists for all I fucking care. All I know is what I see, and that's a reasonable thinking, intelligent young man. And that does take some parenting. It doesn't just fucking happen. Um. Now, I'm not sitting here standing up for his parents, obviously, In this digital age and this social media age, we want everyone held accountable. Uh, We want justice in all forms. And I get that. Uh, But I don't want the focus to be taken off of Keaton and his bravery. Um, And I think that's what this, you know, trivializing his family and their background, I think that's what What all this social media bullshit is doing. Um, So just. Praises to Keaton. I mean that video was insanely fucking touching. I mean it was emotional as fuck to watch for me. Personally. Um, But yeah I think Keaton represents a. A beam of light in this world you know, a reasonable thinker, and an intelligent and brave young man, and, uh, he gives me faith in the world when so much bullshit is going on, and, um, and bullshit continues to persist, I mean, we see with people spinning this story, uh, but please, if you've seen the video, or if you have not, go and check it out, um, are you guys Let me know your thoughts, you know, do you feel that, it's worthy of questioning his parents and their background and so forth i just feel like it's all trivial shit that does not pertain to the story all i know is that i see a young man that is hurting but is still brave through the bullshit that he's experiencing and i feel like that's getting drowned out um but you guys let me know is is it justified um So, obviously, starting on a bit more serious note, I had that on my mind for, like, the past 24 hours or so, and I just wanted to voice it and shoot that out at you guys and um, so you guys could let me know what you think, and, um, yeah, hit me up on social media, whatever, email. I want to know your guys' opinion specifically with that story. I mean, it's fascinating to me how people can spin that topic and it be so justified, you know? Um, I think it's ignoring entirely uh, the bigger point here. So, starting off on a serious note, now we're going to get into the more uh, bullshit as usual. And obviously by bullshit, I mean the less significant shit that I give a fuck about. And hopefully you guys do too, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, we're going to start off with, uh, as I said, sneaker news. And then get into some music news. And then wrap it up with the end of the year segment. So, alright. If you guys are familiar with Adidas Eniki Runner... It's a mid-tier sneaker that I believe was introduced earlier this year. Um, and it's a very simple shoe. It doesn't have much to it. A very basic upper, very few panels. Um, and it, it's priced, I believe, at 120 So it recently... Now, mind you, I just recently saw on Twitter, maybe a week or so ago, um, a essentially the Aniki Runner with just different materials. And it was under a different name entirely. And I figured that was just Adidas splitting the line into, or, or not even splitting the line, but just them doing a premium version of the sneaker uh, to, you know, whether it be to build hype or, you know, to attract attention, whatever, um, but the name was some ridiculous name, right, and I came across a story on high snobiety that was fascinating to me, and I'm gonna read through it real quick for you guys, um, or actually, no, it's quite a long story, but the gist of it is that they there are there's reason to believe that there's a lawsuit against adidas for the aniki name therefore you know being the reason the the sudden you know the reasoning for the sudden name change um now mind you aniki isn't the most you know the easiest name for your sneaker and especially at this mid-range tier you figure a hundred and twenty dollar adidas sneaker in today's market, that's directly going to be picked up, I mean, I'm thinking in, in the holiday season, that's that's directly going to be picked up by someone's mother, by their auntie, that knows nothing about sneakers, or, or likely very little, right, Um. so it was, it was, I was thrown the fuck off for Adidas to rename this, now mind you, here's the legitimate name, I didn't fucking believe it. The new name of the Adidas Aniki sneaker is the I-5923. So I-5923. Now, mind you, their marketing for this was that it was the segment in their archives that the design derives from which is cool, right? But I just have to imagine by renaming a sneaker, something so complex and so ridiculous is only going to fucking completely fuck up the marketability of this sneaker, at least to that entire demographic, the entire, you know, mother, aunt, grandmother, uncle, you know, whatever demographic. Think of how fucking confusing that is. Um, but i don't know it's fascinating they mentioned that they reached out in the article they mentioned that they reached out to uh a lawyer on file believed to be the one that handled the filing of the trademark um however he was not immediately available for comment so i i mean i thought it was it was random as fuck definitely um but i thought it was somewhat interesting And if you guys noticed the abrupt name change, you were probably caught off guard as well. So I just wanted to give some background on that. I knew I was I was pretty fucking intrigued by it. Um, But all right, staying in the clothing, I guess, realm, uh, Kim Kardashian has been accused of plagiarizing designs for uh her and Kanye's kids supply line and mind you when i initially saw this knowing the just the uh popularity that kim kardashian has And then the weight that her name carries, you know, any any story having to do with Kim Kardashian is going to draw eyes just because it's involving Kim Kardashian. Right. Um, well, so I kind of dismissed this initially as. It's likely just someone looking for cheap attention, right? Um, but after looking into this article. A. A instagram account by the name diet underscore Prada. now i believe this account is mainly what they do is they they look into or they expose rather um designers current design copying or ripping off older design now mind you some of these are a stretch you know because paying homage is a thing, so even if, and, and mind you, that's going to play a role in the story here in a second, but um, paying homage is a thing, so I get that the lines can be very, it's not so simple, it's not black and white um, with some of this shit, but to my surprise, once I looked at the kids supply line versus other designers, the, the designers, they're claiming that kim kardashian ripped off now mind you i know it's not kim kardashian i know it's likely you know she just approves the final design and she's like sure that looks great it's likely a whole other team and who knows their motive in this maybe they intended for this to happen because the design ripoff is extremely blatant so if that wasn't their intention it's just an insanely lazy team um because There's a bomber that has the embroidery, I believe, on the back that says live free with strong will. And mind you, it's their kids line, right? Well, this directly was taken. And I mean, you guys need to fucking see the pictures. So if you do get a chance, go and check out Diet Prada on Instagram. They have a a post of it. Um they directly fucking took the design of Comme des Garçons bom- Bomber I mean it's fucking blatant and um like the exact wording and fucking font and everything it's fucking crazy and then the other claim is against uh, Vetement which is for a silver like mock neck dress I guess um, and there are pictures of Nori wearing it, and when you see the, the Vetema design compared to what they are putting out on Kids Supply, it's the exact fucking same, I mean, this has, like, the dress has, like, a um, an odd back design, and it's so blatant, I mean, it's fucking crazy, um, now, in response to these allegations, um the who was it? I don't believe it was Kim Kardashian herself. It was a representative for the Kid supply line uh, responded and said that the pieces are mere homages and not copies. Um, now, I understand again, I understand those lines get a little bit blurred, right? Because you can be inspired by some shit and and you can see the direct influence. But I think obviously the, the difference is, the difference to me at least, between paying homage versus copying is you take a design or an idea and you just think on it and let it marinate with your mind and your ideas and then you put a product out into the world. So essentially you're inspired by um, this shit is blatant, and it's lazy as fuck, uh, so, I don't know, we have yet to see where this goes, this was an older story, but I haven't heard anything develop from it, um, and old is in, like, a week old, so, there is likely still more to hear on this, I know that Kim Kardashian, and, you know, she, she has that money, and money will, make a lot of things better, right, um, but this shit is blatant, and again, I know it's not, I, I say Kim, but I know it's likely a whole entire team, and she, they just drop the designs, or, or have them made, and then Kim approves them, um, but it's fascinating, if you guys get a chance, check that shit out, Diet Prada on Instagram, it's, uh, it's pretty fucking blatant. All right, now the next story, getting into music news, exciting music news. Um, this is this happened five days ago on High Snobiety. I don't know how I didn't hear about it, um, but there, Lil Wayne's Dedication 6 has a release date. Um, so in a tweet where he posted, I'm assuming the cover of the mixtape, He included the caption, It's time. Sign up for updates and music before drop date. To my fans, I do this for y'all. Hashtag D6. Merry Christmas. Um, so, I'm hopeful. This would be awesome as fuck. At the very least, you know, I'm gonna listen to this and likely get nostalgic. And then go and check out older Lil Wayne music. Um but I'm hopeful a lot in the way that I'm hopeful for Eminem's music. Um I I'm I mean Wayne in all honesty and this is coming from a Wayne fan, right? Uh I'm hoping that there's something here but Wayne hasn't given us much to hope for. He hasn't really I know people say he's killed verses here and there, but even those verses I feel like you know, once I went and listened to them, I feel like a lot of it is just us wanting that old Wayne back. Because um, just being honest with myself, when I've listened to verses on some of these, you know, recent verses that people were claiming were amazing Wayne verses and him back to form, uh, it, I think it was more so just us not having the quality for so long so any little bit of quality was something to clamor over um but again i'm hopeful i'm trying not to be negative about it uh so we have yet to see what he delivers what eminem delivers on his revival album i'm very excited um and i'm trying to reserve judgment you know even after that very spotty track list uh And of course, I'm talking about Eminem's revival. Um, I'm I'm trying to remain hopeful, guys. All right. Now, next, staying in music, um, Drake's More Life has been crowned the most listened to album of 2017. Um, That being said, with an asterisk, uh, I looked into this article, and it is the most streamed album of 2017 on Apple Music. And because I was interested in that wording, I went and checked out Spotify's most streamed albums of the year. And... Spotify's most streamed albums are in this order number one, Divide by Ed Sheeran, number two, More Life by Drake, number three, Damn by Kendrick, uh, number four, Starboy by The Weeknd, and number five, Stoney by Post Malone. That's quite surprising. I mean. I know that Post has been getting a lot of listens, at least as far as singles, but I didn't know if people really fucked with the album like that, you know, the entire album. I mean, I know I loved it. I just like the the fucking, like, folk-influenced trap vibe, like, trap folk, is that gonna be some shit? I mean, I don't know, it's just its own vibe for sure. And, uh, so I fucked with it, but it's surprising to me to see it number five on the most streamed albums. Um, and then of course, uh, More Life being number two, Ed Sheeran and his Divide being number one. I mean, Ed Sheeran's killing the charts, let's be honest. Uh, Shape of You being the most streamed track, um, Ed Sheeran being the most streamed male artist, uh and most streamed artist in general ed sheeran is number one so yeah ed sheeran's definitely killing it uh he's on his own wave right now but i was interested in that wording and um so just for clarity drake's more life is the most streamed on apple music of 2017 not that it matters i honestly was surprised that it was in the top five in general just because now now don't get me wrong i know that any drake project is very likely to to have a presence on these lists but i haven't heard people talking about more life like that and and most people that i have talked to about more life said that it was disappointing and they don't really go back to it so i find that kind of fascinating that it was the most streamed uh on apple music and then amongst the most streamed number 2 on spotify that's fucking huge, I mean, I love the album, I love, well, I guess, playlist, which I think is a stupid technicality bullshit headline, um, I don't think that shit matters, I think that more so is obviously just an excuse not to take it as serious, um, but it, it is what it is, a mixtape is an album, is a fucking playlist in this day and age, like, you know, it's, it's all just fucking what you want to call it, but it's, it's a, it's an album, Um, I love the, the laid back Island vibes on it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I wasn't surprised in my personal taste, but overall, just on the reception that I had heard from the people around me, I was surprised that it was ranked so highly. Um, but it makes sense on Apple music. And that's what I figured. Cause like, that was like their, you know, Drake's like their child, right? Like they promote the fuck out of his projects. And um, so it makes that make sense. I was interested to see where it ranked on Spotify, and now you guys have your answer. So, alright, staying in music news, uh, Forbes recently released their highest paid musicians of twenty seventeen. Uh so I'm going to start at number ten and count down to number one. Uh so alright, here we go the highest paid musicians of 2017 according to forbes number 10 metallica with 66.5 million that's surprising to me i i knew they were still touring i believe i had seen promotion locally for a show in phoenix uh but number 10 that's still pretty fucking high i guess nostalgia is a thing and our parents have music that they got to listen to. And um, that's no disrespect to the band. It's just, it's a bit surprising. Number 10? Damn, good on them. Um, number 9, kind of surprising as well. Uh, Adele with 69 million. I don't think she even toured this year. Maybe she did. Kind of unaware there. Um, but I hadn't heard much from her this year you know much news or or music anything um and then number eight bruce springsteen with 75 million uh again likely nostalgia and touring the country and having you know a ton of fans that are you know nostalgic as fuck and still alive (laughs) i don't know that's fucked up um but Justin Bieber at number seven with 83.5 million. Kinda surprising to see him at number seven. And I'm pretty sure he toured this year. I mean, I know he stopped partially, you know, part way through. But um still at number seven? That's kind of fucking crazy. I thought top five at least. Um number six beating out Justin Bieber. Guns and fucking roses with 84 million so just barely beating them out by half a million uh but that's fucking crazy again nostalgia I guess right um I'm glad to see these bands are fucking hitting it big though and earning because I hate when you know bands fizzle out and they're just kind of I don't know but then again I think with streaming touring is the fucking thing to do right um all right now at number five Coldplay with $88 million. Uh, Makes sense. I mean, they're a huge fucking brand. Uh, huge brand, yes. I mean, a brand as well, I guess. But a huge fucking band. Um, globally, I think. And then uh, number four, The Weeknd with $92 million. Makes sense, man. I mean, he's doing big things with the clothing line. He has a ton of collaborations and uh, obviously charting music constantly. Um, And then, of course, the tour, the Starboy tour, which if you guys got a chance to check out, uh, hit me up. Let me know how it was. The visuals looked fucking amazing. Uh, I'm a bit upset that I missed that out on that tour. Um, Actually, really fucking upset. Uh, All right. Now, number three, Drake. With 94 million. That's kind of fucking crazy, right? Um, I guess, I don't know, maybe that's the perfect spot for Drake. You know, amongst the highest earning, obviously you guys know, you likely know that the next two are going to be, you know, vets and icons in the space, in music, in, uh, in just pop culture in general. Um, but Drake, I think, will live on these charts for years to come, just diversifying the way that he is with his Virginia black whiskey, and, um, I mean, that's really, well, not the only thing that I know of of his, uh, I was gonna say that's really the only thing I know of of his, but he actually is fucking doing a lot in the, uh, retail space, in, like, the clothing space, I mean, opening fucking stores, I think, um, And so last I checked, he has like two stores open. I think one in L.A. and one was about to open in Toronto. Maybe one already in New York, I think. So maybe three. That's fucking crazy, man. To open whole storefronts in this day and age. That's wild. You had to be doing a lot of fucking business, I figure. Um, So yeah, I think that's, you know, it's going to be the usual to see Drake on this list. Um, But dope, dope on Drake. Uh, now number two Beyonce With 105 million Um. It mentions here in the article Amongst other things Her formation tour That began last year Continued this year And it grossed over 250 million uh, That's fucking crazy Every, I guess everyone's just gonna come out To see a, a Beyonce concert right? Cause it's so rare Um That's dope That's fucking dope And mind you Not to throw shade But just Just a fun fact Jay Z is number 19 On this list So he's Damn sure ain't number 1 He's not up next Number 19 With 42 million Now mind you That's I mean I know he released an album But Still surprising to see Jay Z so low And, I mean, I guess because he just started his tour, his 444 tour. So, we'll see what comes of that next year. Um, But still, pretty surprising maybe because he's losing out with title. I don't know. I don't know how that fucking works. Um, uh, Can you guys guess number one? He's a vet in the game. Probably expected... Um, I didn't expect it, though. Didn't make a lot of noise, I don't feel. You guys, go ahead and give it a guess. Number one, the number one highest paid musician of 2017 is brother motherfucking love himself, P. Diddy. That's fucking crazy. Uh, so it mentions, after pulling in a respectable $60 million in 2016, Diddy more than doubled it to a whopping $130 million in 2017. The Entrepreneur's Assorted Ventures helped pad his earnings for the year. Clearly. Clearly. Because he hasn't done fucking anything in music, right? And that's no knock to him. It's just, he's a fucking... A uh, uh, expert level businessman. I mean, goddamn, and even that's an understatement. This motherfucker's a mogul. Uh, to diversify yourself that way, that is fucking crazy. I did not expect Diddy to be the number one highest paid musician. Can you believe that? Just think of that, P fucking Diddy, the number one highest paid musician of 2017 that's impressive to have him not make the noise or or, you know to not hear much from him all year I would have never fucking guessed that fucking kudos to Diddy surprising as fuck um did you guys guess it? if you did hit me up let me know you know your shit or maybe I just don't know my shit um maybe that was obvious But I was just surprised, like I said, not hearing much from him throughout the year. Um, I know he diversifies and he's all over the place, you know, investing and shit. But damn, number one. That's fucking crazy. Uh, That's fucking dope to see. Did he do the goddamn thing? Um, All right. Now, lastly, the end of the year segment. I like this. I've been trying to brainstorm ideas for, you know, the end of the year segment. And um, there's some dope shit. And it's it's provoking a lot of thought, you know, Um, just reflection over the past year and uh, so forth. So tonight's end of the year segment or topic, rather, or subject, if you will, is things or trends that artists need to learn from in 2017 and do better in 2018. Um, So just kind of gross practices, I guess, and just shitty practices um, that we're seeing from, or rather that I'm seeing from some of my favorite artists. Um, The first one that came to mind and kind of formed this whole concept uh, but really, a growth of ideas, you know, spawned from it when I was thinking back on some of the bullshit that's been going on this past year. Um, but the standout thing to me, because it's most recent, is Kanye releasing product through bundles. I just think it's below him to do that, um, to force your fans to pay for your. Two hundred dollar sneaker, mind you. They want your two hundred dollar sneaker, but to lock it behind a eight hundred dollar paywall to get you know to shovel your fucking Yeezy clothing. And mind you, I support it, but you're making it fucking hard, yay, yeah? You're making it fucking hard. I I don't know if I can support this bullshit. I mean, I definitely can't support this bullshit. Um, it's fucking gross. Like it's with all due respect, it's some Jordan brand shit. You know, to like, I mean, Jordan brand's been seen doing that. And I think more recently they've stopped, you know, where they have one 11 that's highly sought after. And they know or, or maybe not even an 11, but a lineage product like a highly sought after sneaker in the Jordan line, maybe an OG colorway. And then they lock it behind. You have to buy this bundle and get this air jordan 32 that no one fucking wants mind you people do want it but it's only hoopers like only people that are playing ball in the sneaker that want that sneaker and you know goddamn well jordan you know that shit and so i think more recently they've been learning from it um but now to see kanye do it i mean that's extremely upsetting because i just follow kanye so closely and uh And it's just a gross business practice, I feel. I feel like when you do that... Now, mind you, for me, even, like, it's... Say someone that's in their 20s, their early 20s. It might not be as big a deal. I mean, 800 is fucking ridiculous no matter what age, right? But to your fans, like, your younger fans that have been saving up and are like, damn, I just at least want a shot to get that easy, um... And even 250 that your shoes typically retail for being steep. Now you lock it behind an $800 price window. Like, that shit is fucking crazy. Um, I don't know. And Yeezy clothing that you know goddamn well most people don't fuck with, yay? You know that shit. So, I don't know. This This practice in specific was pretty gross. I mean, mind you, I do hope and i made the the prediction earlier on i think it was monday's episode a past episode for sure that um i think we'll see that colorway released for retail for $200 retail or 250 whatever it retails for um alone you know without the bundled uh yeezy season clothing um but now thinking about it i actually hope we don't you know, just because for those people that are supporting and going out and buying this bundle, despite knowing that, you know, it's a fucking, it's gonna be a bitch to get rid of that Yeezy clothing that they likely don't fuck with. Um, I just think, I don't know, it's it's fucking disgusting. Uh, an eight hundred dollar fucking sneaker, right? I I do hope, though, that the sneaker colorway is exclusive, at least for the sake of those supporters, those early supporters, those buyers. I I read an article recently that was, I don't know if it was High Snobiety or High Beast, but it was likely one of the two. And they mentioned that it was a cool move or a, a dope business move by Kanye because it is allowing the consumer to buy a whole Yeezy outfit. I think that shit is corny as fuck. I think it's so expected. Like, that's part of what's dope about getting Yeezys is that you know how most people are going to wear them and then you have the chance to take chances with your outfit and style them differently. Like, that's at least what I personally think is dope. So to buy a whole Yeezy outfit? No fucking thank you. No fucking thank you, yay. Cut that shit out in 2018. Come on, man. He's better than that. We know he's better than that. Um... All right, now, next is artists releasing collaboration albums. Um, I feel like since Drake and Future, this shit has not been executed well. Um, And even Drake and Future's album, What a Time to Be Alive, was just better than average. It wasn't great that I had hoped for it to be. Um, I don't know if artists are just trying to do this as a move to tour with other artists or like to justify a tour with other artists or maybe just to put out more content in general. Um, But it's it's getting especially over this past week. Seeing that quality control Migos album with 30-some, well, mind you, it's not Migos, it's the label quality control, but it's essentially Migos. I mean, Migos is on, I think, fucking every song. Um, and it's 30 fucking tracks, 30 fucking songs, man. And, like, how many of those, just off-rip, are gonna be quality? You know, just use Reasoning like i don't know that to me is like the label throwing everything fucking out there at a last chance moment to see what sticks and hopefully see through it hopefully consumers see through it and find a banger and then they can run with that i don't know it's fucking it's fucking terrible though and then also the um big sean and metro boomin album we have the what was it slime slimy something was it not slime season. What the fuck was the uh, Future and Young Thug album? I don't know. Was it fucking slime? Slime something. It was something with slime. Um. And then, what was the out of what was it out of nowhere? The um. The other recent album with fucking a bunch of artists on it. I don't know. It's getting annoying just because it's clear that these albums are 80% throwaways and I feel like the artists had one or two maybe dope tracks and then they just built off of that and then, you know, in a short span of time, likely just throwing shit together. It's more evident than ever on Big Sean's album I know that, uh, with him in Metro, I know that that shit's getting torn up on social media, um, rightfully so, I haven't given it a solid listen through, I've skimmed through it, um, and there's a lot of just even through a skim, like, just skimming through the fucking songs, I cringed at least five times at some of those bullshit lines that Sean is pushing, like, he's, he's so much better than that, you know, and for him to just shovel this shit out there, the lines are clearly not thought out. Like, that's what you can tell when you get a cringy line like that. It's like you did not even give yourself time to think back on this album or to think back on that line even. And, you know, because if you would have went back to it a day later, even. You'd have been like, that's some bullshit, man. I wrote that, you know. Like, come on, Sean. I-, I know he's a better artist than that. That's why it's so upsetting. Um, there was maybe one dope song in it that I'm hoping to feature at least one song on next or on this week's playlist. Uh, but I don't know. It's a lot of shit coming out, guys. And uh, I feel like it's just bullshit from the artist to be shoveling this shit out constantly and thinking that consumers are just gonna pick through it, find some dope shit, And then ride with it. I mean I guess that's the streaming age. You don't need your whole album to be dope. And so we're going to see product like this. I just wish artists would stop. Um, Because collab albums. Clearly are not for everyone. And not all artists can execute. On the level needed. And what I mean by that is. Like I'm saying. It's likely a rushed project. It's likely something that they built off of. A base of two or three songs. And they're just hoping to catch that vibe in the studio over the course of a week or so and then put the shit out and it's terrible and the quality is is it's clear the quality fucking speaks for itself it's evident um let's see now lastly the last thing that people or artists need to learn from and do better in 2018 is they need to stop taking shoe deals with any company willing to put up the money and then going and putting out a expected half-assed product. Um, I understand it's getting increasingly more difficult to make it just based off of your music sales. And I get that you need to diversify and, you know, be you know have ventures in other avenues um but Staly was recently on an episode of full size run uh check that episode out it was i believe last week's insanely dope i mean Staly i've known to be a sneakerhead um but the knowledge he drops is, is just dope and he just seems like a all-around dope dude that knows his shit i mean he clearly knows his shit Um, But he commented on the Full Size Run episode that it's a business move, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, it's a business move for 90% of artists and he said like what in like a room of 10 that maybe one was an actual sneakerhead or something he gave a statistic but essentially 90% are just doing it for the bag. They're just trying to get the money and I get that, but it's showing and it's disrespectful to not only the artist themselves but to the brand and the brand's lineage and to the consumers and fans that want to support the artist they want to support you and you're giving them shitty product look at the fucking the fucking future sneaker coming out from Reebok I mean god damn that shit is is it's awful man it's fucking awful and um I don't know just learn some discipline when it comes to you know just just learn some integrity it's not always worth the bag. I know we're, we're taught that money is everything and fucking, you know, that's that's the mission, right? Is to get the money. But you got to have integrity, man. You got to do it right. Uh, that's why even Kendrick, even Kendrick is guilty of this shit with his Reebok deal. You know, we, it's, it's fucking obvious. Like you, you grew up in Cali. You were rocking Cortez's. That is the shit you rock in Cali now it's much more fitting, now that he's with Nike, but to take that bag from Reebok in the meantime, it was Reebok, right, I mean, fuck, man, uh, granted what he did with it wasn't terrible, I partially appreciate that he spread awareness of, like, you know, finding this harmony and this peace in such a volatile and just violent area of, of the culture, that being gang culture, um, But still man It's fucking It's evident that that you're just Doing it for the money Um, So I guess that's the overall theme Just have you know so, So the artists that we love That we support Just have more integrity in 2018 man Every money Every bag Is not good All money is not good money Like, just show some integrity, you know, approach it the right way. Like, I'm damn sure that with Future's taste in designer sneakers and shit, that he could probably design his own sneaker, you know, and not have it look like this fucking Frankenstein thrown together piece of shit from Reebok's archives. Like a piece of the kamikaze, a piece of the fucking, uh, what the fuck is it, the pump. I mean, the shit is just atrocious, man. And and not only that, like there are other artists that are doing, I mean, there are definitely more artists that are doing it terribly than are executing it well. Uh, so just more integrity in 2018. Those are some things that artists could improve on going forward to learn from coming out of 2017 and to take with you. Going into 2018. So I hope you guys enjoyed the end of the year segment. I'm going to continue to do them. They're fun as fuck. Um, And again, this is like tongue in cheek. It's kind of like, I mean, next week or the week after will likely be the slightly more serious uh, list. But it is uh, it's fun. I'm having fun as fuck with making these lists for you guys, uh, doing this entire podcast for you guys. Um, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you are not, or there are things that I could improve on, please hit me up. Please let me know. Uh, cause I want to only get better. And, um, with that being said, uh, I know the well, I was gonna close the podcast right there, but, um, I wanted to touch on briefly, I know that the podcast started off on a more serious note today. Um, but that's kind of like this to me is like the hangout like this is us chilling like friends chilling and you're gonna have some you know you're gonna have a lot of jokes a lot of bullshit you know a lot of goofs that go down but every now and then you're gonna have some serious shit you know and um and at the end of the day that's kind of what this podcast is It's just an amalgam of random thoughts and topics on my mind and um, and I hope to only grow that, you know, by staying true to myself and picking topics and stories that I'm genuinely interested in and want to discuss with you guys. Um, I hope having that integrity and, you know, just that being ever present will allow me to really just talk about go anywhere with the topics in the future with the podcast just talk about anything with you guys um i mean that's essentially what abstract aesthetic and abstract audio embody is just my random thoughts you know random shit on my mind and um and i know that that's going to make it difficult going forward to build a fan base and to build a following and uh But I I, I understand that, and with that in mind, I want to stay true to the random shit that is on my mind, so that going forward, as I get into uh, clothing design, or just uh, street sneaker, or street and sneaker fucking outfit styling, and music and whatever the random whatever random shit comes up as long as it's true to me and it's part of my life then that will make it pertinent and justified to talk about on the podcast i guess right um with that being said uh i love you guys i fucking love you guys thank you for supporting thank you for everything you do um i hope you enjoyed the podcast I will be back soon.